Hey, hey y'all. y'all! And welcome to the Sorry Not Sorry Generation podcast, where we bring you a not-so-healthy dose of humor and reality as we get our hands dirty with some serious nostalgia and question everything. Let's dive in. You know, for the nearly headless Nick one, if you gave me a multiple choice one, I would probably remember that. Well, that's more than me, because I would have just stared at it for an eternity. <laughs> going, mm, nearly headless Nick. Sir Nicholas Peabody. Fuck by now. <laughs> okay, number three, I know. Right? No. What is number three? Aconite. The fuck is Aconite? Oh, I do remember that one. I mentioned that in the uh, in the movie, and, and I just happen to know that because I read a lot of werewolf shit. <laughs> so, all right. What does Obviously. the scar above Albus Dumbledore's left knee look like? <laughs> um, a star? Nope. Really weirdly specific. It is a exact. A no, it is an exact map of the London Underground. Yeah, all right. That's not a. That was done on purpose. I bet you anything. You'd like to think so. Otherwise, what the fuck? <laughs> How many staircases in Hogwarts? Like four hundred and twenty-two or something. A hundred and forty-two. I'm sorry. Like one of these questions is: Hermione changes the leaves of the Weasley's crab apple tree into a specific color for Harry's seventeenth birthday. What color is it? <laughs> <laughs> so. So fucking specific. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, now. It, the, I didn't know the that there were. Sorry, I didn't know that there were 700 possible fouls in Quidditch. That's a lot of fucking fouls. But here's something I didn't know is what is the maximum speed a firebolt broomstick can reach? It's 150 miles an hour. <laughs> How is Harry not dead? How is this child not dead? What the actual... You don't want to ride on a broom at 150 miles an hour? I, no, I wouldn't want to ride one at 50 miles an hour. Three, two, one. Hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. It's Misty. It's Ani. And we are watching The Prisoner of Azkaban. That is very, very gold. It Yeah, like the background is just so gold. Why is it gold? Like It doesn't need to be gold. That's so weird. Nothing about Prisoner of Azkaban strikes me as gold. Like, there's no hope in this movie. (laughs) There's an escaped convict, like, who's wrongly accused of murder, chasing Harry to what he thinks is to murder him and is his own parents' murder. Arguably, this is one of the most depressing books of all of the series. Like, it's not the most depressing one, but it is one of the top, like, three. It is. It is, but it's also when... You know, the reason why it's everyone's favorite is because that's when everything starts. The action starts. The story picks up. Well, that's when my favorite character is introduced. And that would be Sirius Black. So, yes, and then a couple man, books later and, you know, rip your heart out. I know. Book five is my favorite. And it's because really? of the, yeah, look, it's because of the high serious content that's in it. So I was very huh. disappointed by four because he was not in it nearly enough for me. I, I really liked four. Solely yeah. because I ended up liking four a lot because yeah. I read it seven times in one summer. I had nothing yeah. else to do. That's fair. It's a and the nice thing about it too is it's such like the four, five, and six especially are such huge books. There's just a lot to go through. I've probably read six the most, but hmm. five is my favorite. So I remember 
oh, back when I was an undergrad, I would see these classes very few times in the English department. It was by one specific professor. I don't remember her her name, mm-hmm. but I can probably pick her out of a, out of like the alumni line of like if she's still working there or whatever. Yeah, but uh, she hosted a couple classes. Like one of them was like going deep into like order of the phoenix theory like literary theory and everything i'm like i'd be interested only i wouldn't take it because she's be really strict teacher so i'm just like nah i, I can't do that like you want to kind of have fun with it you know exactly really wanna, you know you um, don't, don't want to have a class that's so strict and unfun that it ruins harry potter for you um but she had that and i think she had one for the sixth one too and I'm just like, I want to take a fucking Harry Potter course, but it was, at the time it was only for grad students. I'm like, fuck you. That's fair. Um, I know in line with weird or interesting classes you can take, you can major for a language in Klingon at a couple of universities. So. In Klingon. In Klingon, yeah. Well, the thing is, is um, Gene Roddenberry, the guy who created Star Trek, created multiple fleshed out languages when he did it. Klingon was one of them. I believe the Vulcan language is fully fleshed out language too. And uh, so he created multiple languages when he did it. Just like um, Tolkien, his uh, Elvish language is a fully fleshed out language. He was a linguist. Like that was his forte. So he created multiple. That is insane. Yeah. Creating your own language, I can't even begin to fathom. Like he created Elvish, I think Dwarvish, Dwarven is a fully fleshed out language too. There's a, an account that I follow, a girl, mm-hmm. and she's heavy in the Sarah J. Moss, like, Court of Thorns and Roses scene. Yeah. And I think her name is Mads Schofield. This girl, A, is an amazing artist. B, mm-hmm. she created her own language that, like, fits that world. Wow. Okay. And I'm just like, how? How in the fuck did you manage to do that? No shit. That's impressive. Like a font. for the Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, mm. that's crazy. That's a lot. She's, I couldn't do that. Like, uh, I could, I could create an entire like history and mythology of a world, but I couldn't create a uh, a language, a whole language. <clears throat> like, no, my my concept and grasp of grammar is too weak for that. So, I like how the description for this movie is: the young wizard and his friends confront Sirius Black, a fugitive with ties to Harry's past. That is the base barest minimum you could have like reduced this movie to (laughs) like you could not have found a simpler sentence to deal with this movie it just to be like the person in charge of writing these little synopses was just not having it yeah (laughs) what (sighs) um we will likely as we go through the movie be reading off some trivia questions to each other. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, just to see how well we know. Some of it's Azkaban specific, some of it's just Harry Potter in general. And we're going to find out how well we know probably the book both of us have read the least. <laughs> so maybe okay. one, yeah. Okay. Like, I, Chamber of Secrets is probably the one I've read the least because I think I've read it a grand total of once. So. But this one's pretty... I've officially read all of them twice. Yeah. The fourth one about eight times. Mm. And the seventh one about five times now. I've 
read the first one a couple times. Second and third one are kind of spotty. Fourth one once. I don't think I reread. I've reread parts of it. I didn't reread the whole thing. Five, I've reread several times. Six, I've reread the most. And then the last one, I think I've reread about three times. So. Okay. I tend to reread five and six the most. So That's fair. There's still the barest minimum of hope in there before it all just goes to shit. <laughs> so, but more than anything, I just read a lot of Harry Potter fan fiction. Yes. <laughs> so, like, I like, know a fanfic is not going to have, like, I'm actually, I shouldn't say that. I would not be surprised if there is fanfic of who I'm, a, like, of, the, of who the answer to this question is. So, Misty. Hmm. Who is the wizard who can be seen teaching the trolls ballet in a tapestry across the wall in the room of requirement? Boris. <laughs> I mean, it's a bus, so you're not that far. <laughs> Bartholomew. Closer, but no. Barnabas the Barmy. Sure. Sure. <laughs> now, sure. I'm sure this fanfic in- with this guy in it somewhere out there oh, in the world. Oh, where's... <laughs> There's fan fictions of all kinds of things. I wouldn't be surprised. So, like, I'm sure there's like an origin story to how this ta- specific tapestry happened to be in Hogwarts. Possibly, yeah. I mean, I've read fan fiction about how um, Ollivander makes his wands. I've read <laughs> fan fiction. I've read some really specific niche fan fiction. In all honesty, there's there's some weird ones out there about just the life and times and misadventures of the sorting hat. Here's um, another one. In Harry's sixth year, an apparition instructor joins Hogwarts. What is his name? I don't remember this at all. I do. Because they had to they had to take the license ex- like exam for it and like people were cu- like splinching off legs and stuff like that. Um, Edwin Goodyear. That's no. Such a guy. Um... Matthew You're going too muggle, you gotta get weirder. Oh uh, I'm gonna go with Bartholomew Yorkshire. No, it's Wilkie Twycross. What what none of that is a word. <laughs> none of those are words. Wilkie Twycross. It's not a word. That's not a word. It's not. No, it's not. It is not. I can also dump a Scrabble bag of letters on the ground and throw it together and call it a name. Like, it doesn't make it a name. No. No, it does not. Is this from, like, the really hard quiz? Yep. I'm just picking out random ones. Of course, the bottom ones are easier. That one was easy. Which character did Ron impersonate to steal Slytherin's locket? When they're in the Ministry of Magic. I always forget his name. Now, it's a real sounding first name, if old-fashioned. The other one sounds like uh, a relative of uh, Rufus, the naked mole rat. Mm. Sounds like a relative of his. Eric has a wife? Uh, what? I'm sorry, I'm just trying to figure out this guy's name, but uh, like... Aragog has a wife. Since when? I mean, he had children, obviously, but... But he has a wife. There's spider marriage? (laughs) 
I'm sorry. Who's officiating that? Hagrid. Hagrid's officiating that. <laughs> of course, Hagrid's officiating that. Who else would do it? Her name is Mosag. M-O-S-A-G. That's a terrible name. Mossag, I guess you could also say it. But he has a wife. Did you figure out the name? No. What is the name? Reginald Cattermole. Cattermole. Reginald Cattermole. Uh, Who was the very first prisoner to escape Azkaban? Very first? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Like after? No, very first. Very first. I should know this. I would say, I thought it was serious and it's not. No, so. no, I, it's not. Uh, Grindelwald? No! No, 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 no. It's, um, 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 uh, Barty Kraut Jr. Yes. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Very yes, it good. Is. I remember that. I remember that that story of how he got out of there. His mom took his place. Yeah, that's stupid. And then they buried her, his mom in in the prison yard because no one really bothered to check. Just a body. Fair point. Who are the only known characters to receive all twelve owls? There are three. Say that one more time. Who are the only known characters to receive all 12 owls? There are three. Are they all equal in age range? Mm, two of them are much closer together than like, than the other one. Not like There's not like a significant difference between them, but there's two of them that would have been much closer in age than the other one. I could narrow it down to a little and say two of them are related and one of them is not. And McGonagall is too old. I gotta think younger. Okay, younger. They're related? I mean... You know all three of these characters. I'm sure I do, and I can't place them. Um, I'll give you another hint if you want one. Yes. Um, Let's see. Well, we just talked about one of them. Great, you're asking me for my short term memory. Two of, all right. two of them are good guys, and one of them is not. We just talked about them, and two of them are good guys. And the one we just talked about is a bad guy. This is why short term is terrible for me. What the fuck we're talking about? What was the the other question we were just talking about? We were talking about Azkaban. Oh, Mad Eye. Close. Barty Junior. Yeah. Uh-huh. Really, Barty Junior. Yeah. Barty Crouch Junior. Got all 12 of his owls. Now the other two are good guys and they're related. Which family do you know that you can automatically assume has siblings in it? I mean the Weasleys, but I don't think the twins are going to be... Really? The twins? Mm-mm. No, not the twins. I mean the twins didn't even finish school. Exactly. So. I'm like, well, they can't be the twins. No. Herm- Hermione's not part of it. Ginny? Mm-mm. Molly? No. Oh. Younger. It's one of her kids. Two of her kids. Percy. Yeah, that's one. Oh, was it Charlie or Bill? Charlie. Nope. Bill? Bill, yeah. Percy, Bill, and Barty Crouch Jr. Huh. Yeah. I I wouldn't have guessed Bill. I mean, like, it's very obvious that he's smart considering what he does, but Barty Crouch Jr. I wouldn't have guessed at all because you don't really talk about how smart he was. Um, Percy, I should have guessed. Just like, I, but I would have guessed, like, Percy... Hermione, and like, I probably would have thrown a name out there for the third one. But uh, I wouldn't have guessed Bill, and I wouldn't have guessed Barty Crouch Jr. Like, I'm not surprised by the answer, but uh, still. 
Fair. Um, when you said they were related, I don't know why, but my mind went to Sirius and Regulus. Fair point. Regulus is supposed to have been really smart, so... I mean, and the Marauders would have had to have been smart, considering the map that they created. So, like that makes exactly. Sense. On the on on no, on the other hand of that, I was going, you know, Molly or Bellatrix. One is good, one is bad. Yeah. No, oh, but all much much younger. So, which is a surprise. All right. Uh, one last question be- before we start the movie. Okay. What are the names of Snape's parents? Oh, fuck me. Can you give me the last name of his mom, at least? Oh, she was... She's in the display. Oh, in the fucking... In the she's control. in a book title. Yeah, the book title. It's in the display or something. Fuck, what's her name? I can't... Like, it, it's there, and I can't remember it. It's a Harry Potter book title. Prince! Her name is Prince! There you go. Because <laughs> his dad's name is Snape. It's Tobias Snape and... uh. Aline Prince. That's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> so needless to say, this movie is going to be interesting because we're going to debate trivia and just feel a little bit like morons if we keep going from this particular quiz. <laughs> so which has some like some of these questions on here is just ridiculous. Like one of them was like, what is the um uh well like for one thing, what is Aragog's wife's name? Like I didn't even fucking know he had a wife. Like holy <laughs> shit. Like, I didn't know that. You know, and some, but some of these questions are like, what is the Bulgarian Minister of Magic called? Like, why would I know that? He's not called Minister of Magic. He's called Oblonsk. So, like, why would I know that? Why? I have no idea. All right. Play this movie. Let's All do right, this. Let's play. Let's go, go to Azkaban. Let's not. Let's stay in Azkaban. Not... How about that? <laughs> <Let's> not... <laughs> we can go. We just, we just won't stay. My mental health wouldn't survive it. Like, and I don't, I'm not confident I have a memory powerful enough to conjure a strong Patronus. So, like, I don't know. So, I mean, I, it's always something that's always bothered me is that I never, I have no idea what memory I would use to conjure a Patronus. Like, it's I just thought about that too. And I'm like, I, I don't know which one would be my happiest memory because the more I think about it, I'm like, nothing is coming to mind yeah like every time i i think i sit and think about it like what would be that like none of them like stick out strong enough to pull from them but then again harry didn't use a real memory either like he just he used a a thought of like sitting and speaking with his parents so like i could use that but i couldn't uh oh god this movie has just started and i have a problem (laughs) we are one minute and eight seconds in what is the problem I am ready to hear it. Okay, it pisses me off, too, because fucking Harry, how incompetent are you? First of all, Harry is reading under the covers, right? He's He's got his sheet over him, and he's huddled in, and he's trying to read something. He's casting Lumos repetitively. Cause why? Lumos, you cast it, and your wand just fucking lights up. You don't, It doesn't, like, <laughs> blink in and out like a fucking lighthouse, Harry. Like, what the hell? Just cast Lumos and concentrate and hold it. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Or, or better yet, if it's sputtering, use a fucking flashlight. Like, you don't have to like whisper to or like, like, yeah, flashlight. That's what he was using before he found out he was a wizard. Go back to using a fucking flashlight. 
Yeah, instead, he's got his bedroom door and windows looking like a fucking beach lighthouse as he just flashes <laughs> in and out. Like, Harry, of course Vernon comes through the door. Everybody and their mother-in-law can see the fact that it looks like you got fireworks going off in your room, kid. <laughs> just fucking cast Lumos and leave it alone. And for the record, look, I've had to do this. If you need to, like, close off your room so nobody can tell that there's light coming out of it, tack a sheet over the top or... If you've got like solid like on the top and the base, but it's just the bottom that you're worried put a about. Put blanket on the bottom. Yeah. Just put a blanket on the bottom. Make sure you fold it so like it doesn't get squished like underneath the door so people can see it. But just put it like right there in front of the door so people don't notice. Like, Jesus, Harry, I know you're a wizard now, but some fucking common sense, child. Com- like, common sense and concentrate. A lot of the kids that I read in my fantasy books that like before they hit 14 knew of all these tips and tricks. Yeah, and like Harry, dear, I know you're like 13 at this point, but don't be stupid. Like, but then again, every chosen one in these types of novels is a fucking moron. There's never an intelligent chosen one. It's always one who's just, because like people like Dumbledore and things like that don't choose chosen ones that are smart enough to like push back or fight back or anything like that. They just pick somebody who's just stupid enough to go along for the ride. This is, this is true. I also like the fact that we're both wearing Harry Potter shirts. Yeah. You're, are you, is that the one I got you? Yeah. Yeah. I always wear a lot. <laughs> it's this very is, I got this from the Warner Brothers tour. That's cute. The black is fuzzy. Aw. Seriously, why is your Lumos flickering in and out? He's practicing Lumos Maxima, like child. Why are you doing it at night? Do it during the day when people don't fucking notice. But then how is he going to notice? Vernon is just so confused. <laughs> also, Harry, dear, where did you get that drawing of an owl on your wall? Did you do that? You it's adorable. Did. It's not Hedwig, but it's adorable because it's a brown owl. But you know, it took me a long time to realize that Aunt Marge is the Trunchable from uh, Matilda. Oh, really? Okay. Yep. And apparently, they're doing a remake of Matilda or something, and she's coming back to be the Trunchable again. Oh, well, good for her. Oh. I was wondering what that noise was. It's Aaron. Huh? Oh. Sweet. Why is everyone so fucking disgustingly obsessed with Dudley? I have no idea. I really, really don't. Everyone just keeps calling him, you know, Duddykins or Duddypoo. Like, relax. Also, is this not the ugliest fucking interior for a house you've ever seen in your life? Yes, it is. It looks also, like something my great grandmother would have in her house. Like everything I, about it is just horrid and ancient. I also want to know why Petunia lets Marge let her dog eat off the plate off the floor. Like Petunia is too uptight for that shit. How can she possibly let, let her do that? And out oh, of a cup, the dog's like, drinking out of her glass. That's exactly. Crazy. How how was Petunia like put up with this? Oh. So you, you, I can bet you 100% she's cringing on the inside. Oh, absolutely. Did you notice that there's only uh, four chairs at the table? Of course. Why would Harry be allowed there? Very fair. I've been <laughs> beating asking Harry if they time. beat you. It's like, do they beat you, child? And like, yeah. Like, Harry, like, the glass shattering really should just be his sign just to leave. Like, Harry, right? I know you're young and hormonal and angry at the whole universe, but... She- Shut up and just go out of- just leave the room, man. Just leave the room. Also, how many TVs do these people need? That was at least two. I saw at least two. 
I don't understand why people have a TV in the kitchen. See, there's one back when the, I saw the that doors, one. that one. And then there's one right behind uh, Aunt Marge. There's two. And look, she's she's bloated. That's a severe reler- allergic reaction. That's what I would say. <laughs> it's like, are you sure you're not allergic to something? That seems a little severe. And I like how, like, Dudley is just not phased by his aunt just becoming a balloon. I, Dudley's he just looks mad point. somebody's interrupting oh, dinner. Yeah. Exactly. He's at the point where he's just like, why? As I can't be fucked. I don't care. Just let me eat in peace. But now that the balloon of Aunt Marge is coming towards him. Yeah. <laughs> he's concerned. Knock Dudley out with a button. <laughs> also, there's no, like, real reason she should have floated out that door. Like, first of all, like, she goes and she hits the ceiling and she bounces down and then she bounces up into this thing, right? Uh, like, the there's no reason, like, there's, like, a little covered area onto their balcony. Like, there's no reason it should have knocked her down so much that she just keeps going, like, further outside. Like, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, I think she was... I, th- I think she was filled with helium, which would I mean, be why she she just kept going up. Away. Just let her float away. Like Let her stay is. there, wherever she ends up. I would like to know how they found her and got her back. Also, you can't tell me a neighbor didn't see that shit. For one thing, right? they're all screaming. Just at the top of their lungs, they're <laughs> all screaming. You can't tell me a neighbor didn't look out the window at some point. It like the, the neighbors are always screaming. looking at their windows. They're always looking at the yeah. Dursleys because the Dursleys are so adamant to keep the not normal out that they don't look normal. Yeah. Also, when did Harry get furniture and decorations for his room? Like, also, he has a, a hobby of like painting or something because he's got multiple child's drawings and paintings on his walls. Also, interesting that he actually physically attacks a muggle in this movie. He blows her up. She becomes a balloon. She floats out into the atmosphere. And, uh, and you can see her floating away, like, right there while she's standing <laughs> at the top of her lungs. So many people had to have seen her. The Ministry of Magic probably had to do so much to cover this stuff. But yet they don't, they don't care. Like, they don't do anything to him. Like, that's fine. But he defends himself from one Dementor a couple books from now. And, and you know why? You know why? It's because at that point, he is enemy number, you know, he is yeah, person non grata at that point. Yeah. It is, it's like, everything is his fault, basically. So Fudge and all of them will take it out on him. Also, I love the balls to just grab all your shit and go. But also, where the fuck is Hedwig? Uh, in the book, he let her out. And she flew out the window, you know, so she could go away faster. Okay. Draw would draw a lot less attention if you didn't have an, an owl with you. A cage also, owl. But like Harry, sweetie. You walked down a block max and yeah. just sat down. <laughs> like, nice. you have to have a better game plan than I'm going to walk 12 feet and sit down. Imagine how much easier and nicer and better this movie would have been if the night bus hadn't shown up when it did and Sirius could have just had a fucking conversation with Harry, like, right, right here, right now. Also, I want to know why, like, see... This is the reason that I will die petting something I should not be petting. If I saw that, I'd just sit there and be like, come here. Come to me. Fair. I would have <laughs> stood up, though. I will say. I would have stood up. And I've been like, hello. And I would have talked to it. You can meet Stan at Universal. Do I want to meet Stan, Mr. Uh, Turn Death Eater? Uh, he doesn't really have the intelligence to be a very good one. No, he does not. That's why he turned into one, because he's an idiot. Oh, yeah. He was a snatcher. 
Yeah. It's a good cover, though, in all honesty, for a snatcher. Yeah. I like Erin's message. She's just like, that's how I like my sushi restaurants and non-sushi options. <laughs> I'm like, girl, me too. I don't fucking eat fish anyway, let alone raw. Mm-mm. Also, like, the night bus in the book sounds really interesting to me. I wouldn't want to touch a single fucking thing on this set. Like, it looks so fucking dirty and disgusting. And it's just like, ugh. I mean, do you see Stan's face? It's fit, it's riddled with pot marks and boils. He uh, looks like he hasn't showered in a long time. Uh, I'm not sure that bus has ever been cleaned. And you think, why not? When you have a simple spell that I'm sure would just clean it. Exactly. It's the same issue I have with like uh, the Weasley family and all their shit being in disrepair. It's like, there's gotta be a spell for that. I would like to ride a night bus, but it would have to be on one of the upper floors where there's an actual seat so I could hang on to something and not just flail around yeah. on a bed. Oh. And face plant into a window. <laughs> Always looks like it hurts. Like... <laughs> I always love listening to the freaking skull countdown. Serious Black. Who is that? <laughs> a serious Black, that is. He's a murderer. Please go away. Step away from my face, Stan. <laughs> like, I have to ask, though, like, Harry, did you not do any research about your parents at all? Did you not ask a single <laughs> question of literally anyone? Like, if I'd never met my parents before, I'd be going up to people asking everybody who'd ever met them and be like, what do you know about my parents? Like, what do you right. know about my family? He, this is a boy who went through his whole life without asking a single fucking question. Right? He didn't question anything. Like, McGonagall has specifically stated, like, that they went to the school while she was teaching. Like, ask her about them. What kind of students were they? Like, you know, what subjects did they seem to like? What houses were they in? You know, just the basic questions. No, why would we do that? That requires effort. And thought. And thought. We don't have those things. Definitely not. Harry, sit down. This guy always freaks me the fuck out. Yeah, the dude with like the, the hunchback and all Tom. that. It's not the same actor as it was in, in the first one, because the one in the first one... uh. Was a normal looking dude? Yeah. I love had, like, that this guy in the Leaky Cauldron is reading Stephen Hawking's A Brief History of Time. <laughs> I love that. Are we sure this guy is Tom? Thought it was. Because in the books, they always say it's Tom, like for the Leaky Cauldron. Yeah, but I'm just wondering if this guy is supposed to be Tom. Also, why is the Minister of Magic hanging out at a fucking tavern in the middle of the night doing Seedy Ministry things. of Magic work? Like, I'm pretty sure you shouldn't be taking, uh, like, your top secret documents out of the Ministry of Magic. We never said Fudge was the best. Or the brightest. No, he's definitely not. He doesn't get Harry in trouble here because he doesn't want to be the guy who put Harry Potter in prison. Right. Even Harry's Harry, like... Just <laughs> don't admit your crimes, Harry. Jesus Christ, didn't you learn anything? This is why you can never be a Slytherin. Lord. Never admit it. Like, Harry's like, what are, you, what are you talking about? The state of things. Because this boy has no idea what the fuck is going on. Like, they purposely leave this poor child in the dark. Like, the Dursleys won't let him, you know, probably read the Daily Prophet. 
the thing is, the serious black escaping is made regular Muggle news. Like he was supposed to be so dangerous, they told the Muggle news now. Yeah, that's and they psych- told the people that he was wearing that he had a gun. Yeah, some escaped convict or psych patient, whatever. Yeah. Also, so Harry spends the rest of his summer, which like they don't say it's very long, like in the movie, but it's it's yeah, a couple spends, weeks. Yeah, he in, spends a couple the last weeks of uh, of his summer of vacation summer. here, which is great. Really cauldron, but. Like, Harry, sweetie, your parents left you a just, like, a fuck ton of money. You couldn't have gone and bought another shirt? Just one? Just one well-fitting shirt? A pair of nice, regular-fitting pants that you don't have to keep up with a belt looped around yourself a couple times? Just just some normal shit would be good, you know? No. Normal clothes, some shoes, you know? Basic necessities that are normal. Harry, sweetie, that book just fucking tried to eat you, and you put your face near it. Like, <laughs> what is wrong with you? Like, the, the monster book of monsters tries to eat him, and he has to jump on his bed to hide from it, and his first thing to do when it goes under his bed is just, just to put his face his head. first. Face first. And he's gonna sacrifice his shoe, one of the only decent pieces of clothing he had. Harry. Also, Harry, don't jump on it with your whole body weight. You could have killed it. What an asshole. Also, for people with magic, why is everything so dirty? Like, and it's all covered in a layer of dust and dirt. Now, which one was it where the the Weasleys went to Egypt? The second one. I think, no, this one. This, this one. one? Okay. This one. There you go. It's, I, it answered me. Because I was going to say, like... Why doesn't he just go stay with the Weasleys in the back of my mind? I'm like, it's because they're in Egypt, you dumbass. Yeah, they're in Egypt. <laughs> Visiting Bill. Bill or Charlie? Bill. Bill. Charlie's in Romania. Oh. Okay, trivia question for you. What is Stop. considered the most haunted building in all of Britain? In the oh, Harry shit. Potter world. <laughs> is it the Riddle House? No. It's a good oh. guess, though. What? It is the Shrieking Shack. What treatment is given to people who are exposed to Dementors? Chocolate. Yes. Who's the seeker for the Hufflepuff Quidditch team? You should know this. Don't tell- like, Cedric is too easy an answer. Didn't Cedric? say it was going to be hard. It's Cedric? Uh-huh. Okay. Cedric, Cho, and Harry are all seekers. Okay. So it's, it's Draco, Cedric, Cho, and uh, Harry. What's Hermione's Bogart? Uh, uh, seeing a failed mark on her <laughs> on her final exam. Close. You're definitely close. Um, it's Professor McGonagall telling her she's failed everything. Ah, okay. Why is Ron afraid of spiders? Because Fred and George turned his teddy bear into a spider. See, I did not know that. Okay, I did not know the answer to this. Crookshanks is part cat and part what else? Uh, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it correctly, but it's Kneasel. Kneasel? Yeah. In the final chapter of Prisoner of Azkaban, Sirius gives Ron a gift in the final chapter. What is it? Pigwidgeon. The little baby owl. Yeah. Pig. Now, like, at this point, they're on the train, right? Uh Uh-huh. And... The Dementors are starting to show up and everything. Now, in the book, it was more than just Harry, Ron, and Hermione, I believe, in a in the carriage. I think it was, like, the twins and uh, 
Jenny and somebody else maybe but i don't think lupin was i don't think lupin was in there in the book i think he came in like from a different compartment Mm -hmm. but uh i have to say like first of all the train like is stopping there's some creepy ass motherfucking thing opening the why is the train stopping that's a very good question i never understood that even crookshake is like nah fuck this shit well, the thing is, is like you see these creepy ass, what look like the Grim Reaper, coming through your your compartment door. Why are you not on your feet, wands out, ready to fucking fight? Because you guys don't know what these things are. You didn't they have no idea would... how to fight. Yeah, well, you can't tell me you wouldn't try to like I don't know, Lumo sit in the face, yeah. or you know, when Guardian Leviosa it through a window or something. Like literally anything is better than whatever the hell. They did, which is absolutely nothing. I always did. I always did enjoy the fact that Lup- that Lupin never uttered a word to yeah. say his his spell. Yeah, and that's it's like very... the sign of a really powerful wizard because yeah. you, you don't have to, speak to say it. Yeah, I love how Harry's laying on the bench because he passed out, and even Crookshanks is just staring at him like, "Hey, get the fuck up!" In <laughs> <laughs> that disapproving look only a cat can have, right? But yeah, Lupin's a very powerful wizard. Easily their best teacher by far. Oh yeah, I I absolutely love him as their teacher. Yeah. I will say, in a weird way, Barty Crouch Jr. was probably their second best teacher because he actually actively taught them things they were going to face and about the things they were going to face. So like he wasn't a good person by any stretch of the imagination, but he was a good teacher in that. Like he wasn't, because he even, like he was terrible for like teaching like the Cruciatus curse and everything in a classroom that has poor Neville in it and everything like that. But he actively taught Neville things too. And like, he took an interest in Neville. Yeah. And was like, actually like it it was for his own ends, you know, or his own means in the end, but still like he was an actually active, proactive teacher. And it's really sad when the, like the convicted murderer death eater is one of your top two teachers out of seven. (laughs) Just like, holy shit. Like, him parading around as Mad-Eye was, like, the perfect way to get in. Oh, yeah. He's very good Because everyone it. loves Mad-Eye. Yeah. He's already weird as it is, so, like, uh-huh. not people are going to question him. I must say, though, Hogwarts has the stupidest school song ever. Just like the dumbest school song humanly possible, like Hogwarts Hoggy Warty, Hogwarts teaches something. Oh new. my god, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, but this one, the one for Halloween and everything, you know, it's from Shakespeare. Yeah, like the the, the song that they do, but like the school song, the school Holy shit. anthem. I'd whatever be the fuck so, it is. Embarrassed. <laughs> so embarrassed. I am not calling. I am not saying the words a Hoggy. Hoggy Warty. Hoggy Warty. <laughs> In conjunction Hoggy with my Warty education. Hogwarts. I like how, how he found just out. Like, how did Draco find out that I passed out? Like, sweetie, there's no way the whole fucking school ain't talking about that shit. Right? It's like, everybody, well, everyone like, talks well, about you. Your mother, your yeah. parents, your grandparents, your aunts, everyone fucking talks about you in their house. Something so, happens well, to when- you while you're in school. They're going to be like, everyone's going to fucking know. Like, well, what bullshit is Harry getting up to this year? Like, come on. Also, who are these other wizards at the table? Like, who the hell is this dude on the end at the head table? Like, who That's who the fuck is that teacher? The, the short one? 
No, there's one next to uh, Flitwick. Oh. And like, who the hell was that? And there was like other teachers sitting next to Lupin too. Like, who the hell are these people? People we don't really interact with. You know, Dumbledore continuously makes really terrible decisions, but I feel like letting the Dementors on the school property, which by the way, it's not like Hogwarts is a public school. It's a private school. And as headmaster, he has the right to tell you, you can't put shit on it. So he should be able to tell them to, you can take your Dementors and get fucked. Because everything right? else in this school has tried to kill Harry. Let's not add literal demon death creatures to it. Yeah, let's not, shall we? See, look, look, there's teachers over there. Who the fuck are those two dudes? I'm like, there's at guess least one of them is runes. One of them is arithmancy. One of them, I don't know. Uh, I'm just, I'm making shit up. Alchemy. Wouldn't that also, also? Wouldn't that be a concentration of potions? Alchemy. It's its own class. It's oh, it is. Okay. Class. It's taught for the uh, sixth and seventh years, but you have to qualify into it, and they don't teach it every year. That's right. And I will say, I feel like it's a very poor decision, considering their history, to put Snape and Lupin next to each other at the head table. <laughs> like, let's let's put this guy, who was absolutely one of Snape's four bullies, next to him, but also the person who might have murdered him had James <laughs> Potter not stopped him. So... His potential murderer and lifetime bully. Like, I love Lupin. I really, really do. Just like I love Sirius Black. There is nothing that will keep me from saying that all four of the Marauders were bullies. Straight up, no question. Because they were. Severe bullies. And it's just like, that's the thing about the Gryffindors. Is in all honesty, they're the jocks. They are the jocks. And they, they just act like bullies all the time. And they think they could just get away with shit. And it's one of the things that pisses me off about the shit that happens to Slytherin House. Because a lot of it is just Gryffindors getting, like, their special privilege for being assholes. I like these scenes where, like, the boys are just, like, in their dorm trying the different, like, beans and stuff like that. Because it's, like, it's one of the only times where they're actually just kids They're acting their age. They're acting like, like kids. Like, for the first couple of weeks, Harry always gets, like, a nice school, like, you know, like, and I, I do love the fact that it's all of, you know, very, it's all of the boys of that year. Yeah. With Neville and Seamus and yeah. Dean and. Like they didn't leave anybody out. It's just, Yeah, you know, like they all, all bonded. Together. Even yeah. though it kind of went to shit with Seamus for a bit, it, it all worked yeah. out. That's true. And it's one of the things that bothers me about that too. It's like, Seamus, you have lived with Harry nine months of the year for multiple years. Like, come on, kid. I look now if I got to take if I got to take Hogwarts classes right and you get to your third year you get electives okay you got things like ancient runes alchemy care of magical creatures and then you got this shit this divination bullshit all right like like you said if this is an election like an elective course yeah I do not want to take divination fuck this shit Uh -uh. I'll take astrology yeah like, I'll take the uh, astronomy and the astrology classes and, like, whatever. But, like, divination, the second I would walk into this classroom, the intense smell of incense would make me turn around. <laughs> like, no. No, because the second you see this crystal ball hippie bullshit, no. Mm-mm. No. That's Can't me just turning around goodbye. Because even in the books, they describe it as, like, there was a thick air of, you know, smoke yeah. and, and My and allergies would say no. My <laughs> asthma would say no. My, there's my no window open be- either. Yeah. Despite the fact that there's windows everywhere. 
my asthma would just be like, <laughs> no, you need to You would be like Hermione. Glass. Like, you you would not be able to control your facial reactions anytime, like, like she says 100%. something. <laughs> 100%. I would have had this look on my face, like, it would have just been a very severely pinched look on my face, <laughs> and then I would have dropped the course, like, directly after the first class. There's be no like, way. I, I would 100% take, like, ancient runes or alchemy over this oh, shit. Oh, yeah. I would love to take both. Like, jeez. I would take ancient runes just because of the fact that, you know, like, ancient runes. Like, yeah. Um, but I'd also want to take alchemy, a lot of which would be because of my love of Full Metal Alchemist. Like, I'm not even gonna lie. It's an amazing series. Did but, you see what I sent you about FMA? Uh, which one did you send me about FMA? It's about Maze. When did you send me something about Maze? On Instagram? No, on Facebook. Oh. Well, you know what I'll go on Facebook. I am. You want me to read it? Sure, because I have no idea where it would be. All right. You want to pause it or no? Sure. Okay. Literally no anime death will be dirtier than the death of Maze Hughes. Mm. Like, you set up this guy to be the comic relief. First off, that is dirty as hell. You don't kill the comic relief. The comic relief is supposed to live or die a very tragic death. They set up Maceus to be his family man. Again, dirty as hell. It's just as bad as that two days away from retirement bullshit, except we actually see him doting about his family every single chance. Every single chance he gets, he talks about how wonderful his family is. The last thing he sees before he dies is his wife's face. What the fuck? That is so bad. Like, why? Why the fuck? Fucking that is so dirty. And then, and then, not five minutes after his death, they bury the fucker. They bury Maceus because he is dead and died and he is no longer living. And the final nail on the coffin. <laughs> his daughter is, is at the funeral and she's like, why are they burying daddy, mom? Why won't he won't be able to do any of his work if he's underground? Fuck the show. Fuck it. Fuck it in the fields. That's fair. The death of Maze Hughes was one of the most emotional anime deaths of all time. Topped I... by very few others. One of which is also from the series of the death of Nina and her Nina dog, was Alexander. Fucked. That really took That me was a mess. Like, I will give 100% credit to the author of this series, though, of Full Metal Alchemist, because she does a beautiful job of really hammering home the terrors of war and the horrors in which mm -hmm. come with it. And she makes it very realistic, you know, which is a surprising considering not only in a fantasy world, but it uses like a, a magical version of alchemy, but she hammers home the horrors of war and what it does to these kids like Ed and Al, when they start this series as working for the government are so young and even towards the final fight, they're like 16, 17, you know, like it, it's a terrible, terrible series of events of so many people dying in just the most devastating ways possible. Like Nina's death was something that will live in infamy and horror hearing for all time. Her, just hearing her in her chimera voice, just go, Edward. And big brother is just is just devastating and then Maze Hughes watches he turns around to look at the person who's going to kill him and he's looking at the face of the person he loves most 
and he dies. Not entirely certain that it's not his wife that's killing him. You know, like, in, I'm sure in, like, his head and his heart, he's just like, that's this can't be my wife, this can't be my wife, and everything. But, like, he dies looking at the face of somebody he loves, you know, knowing that this is going to be what kills him. And it is the worst possible way to go. I he, screamed so hard yeah. when he yeah. died. In all honesty, it was easily one of the most emotional anime deaths of all time. I, I think, for me, it was only topped by the death of Ace from One Piece, which I sobbed like a child when he died because you spent a year in a in an arc, like going through the process of rescuing Ace from prison from execution, and his brother shows up for him. His brother Luffy had lost everything. His crew is gone. His his everything is gone. He spent he risked his life and is just just beat to hell and back trying to rescue him. He shows up at this place to rescue him. Ace's full crew shows up to rescue him. His like his pseudo dad shows up to rescue him. And these all of these hundreds of people are throwing their life on the line to rescue this one guy and they rescue him. His brother rescues him. They are leaving. They are retreating. They are running away. And at the last possible second, somebody tries to kill Luffy which is Ace's little brother and Ace steps between them and the guy punches a hole through his chest and Ace dies in his brother's arms while knowing that all of these people came to save him. His brother fought and risked his life and nearly died so many times trying to save him and he failed anyway. It was I right in the fucking field. That arc took place over like an like an actual physical year, and like you're reading like for a year of them going through all of this effort to try and save Ace, and at the end, the two people who die are Ace and his captain, who he calls Dad. Uh-huh. They neither of them walk away, and oh, it was devastating. And Luffy holding the body of his dead brother is just fucking catatonic and a mess. And they have to carry him out, and he's beat to hell and back, and he's covered in blood. He's covered in his brother's blood, and oh, and he's completely catatonic. And I honestly can say, out of every story I've ever read, that is probably the hardest I've ever cried over a fictional character. Because that was devastating. Yeah. I spent so many years reading One Piece. And then to like to get to that point. And Ace was my favorite character. <laughs> of course he was. <laughs> All of my favorite characters don't have happy endings. Like, holy shit. None of them do. But he was my favorite character. And you pushed so hard. And he fought so fucking hard. And he didn't win. And it was it was one of those moments of like the hero in the story doesn't win. And you're just kind of like, what? Because Luffy at that point, his crew is gone. Like his crew was taken from him. Mm-hmm. And like he's just there alone in the world fighting alone. And it was it was just, it was a very long arc. And it was a very sad arc. And it skips forward like several years after that. And uh, like the first, one of the first scenes they do after the time skip is, uh, or it's one of the, like after the death and everything, there's like a time skip and everything. And one of the images that they show you is of Ace's grave. And it's just like, could you, (laughs) could you not do this to me, please? Stop it. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was really, 
I don't really like it. Yeah, it was really devastating. So, so I will, I will say one of the things that I love about anime is it knows how to kick you in the feels because holy shit, that was devastating. I cried a lot in your lie, your lie in April. Yeah, I cried in Fairy Tale. Mm, yeah, Fairy Tale is definitely one that makes you sob. I have cried in Sao. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. I, I've, I've cried mother's, for like mother's Rosario. Yeah. Episode in Sao was it broke me. It fucking yeah. broke me. Yeah. Anime knows how to do it well, and they do. They really, really, really do. They know how to kick you in the face, and it hurts. It really, really hurts. <laughs> so many of these series are just like oh. You love this character? Really? You want them to be happy? Ha! Fuck you! No, I, there's no fucking happy ending in this shit. I was, um, with Naruto, so, like, several people died. Like, Itachi was sad, but it wasn't sad until after the fact, because then you found out his backstory after, he, like, he was already dead, after his, him and his brother fought to the death already. And then you find out that this whole time he's been a good guy, and you're just like, no, oh my god, Sasuke, you piece of shit! Okay, okay. On t- on that note, you know how like Aaron and I read all this dark romance and whatever. It's all the morally great characters. Yeah. Every time I watch a movie now mm-hmm. with a villain in it, yeah, I'm, I I started hyper focusing on that villain and going, "What's their backstory? Why yeah. are they like this?" Because I'm pretty sure that there's there's this little softy down there that no one gets to see, and I want to know where it is. Yeah. <laughs> and then they'll do something like, "You know, you really are a dick. You're a villain." But I, okay, fine. But just like. I, I always root for the villain now. I was like, come on. Oh, yeah. Show me my morally great guy. I always root for the villain. I love the villains. In all honesty, they're far more relatable, just like they as people. Are. They're far oh. more realistic as people, too. And it's just like, how can you show me this absolutely tragic and terrible backstory and not expect me to empathize with this person and sympathize with them, too? And it's just like, I'm far more likely to relate and feel connected to the bad guy than I am the good guy. So, like, there's too much holier-than-thou bullshit when it comes to the good guys. Like, no, give, give me the morally great character. Like, I'm gonna connect way more with Loki than I am with Thor, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm gonna connect way more with, you know, with the villains and the dark characters than I am with, with the hero. Like, I connect more with Draco than I do with Harry. Like, I mean, come on. Like, it's just, I don't know. And, like, I, I will say, when it comes to Harry Potter, the death I cried over the most was serious. Like, that yeah, was serious. a put the book down. That was the put the book down and just be like, holy fuck, kind of a moment. Because that when I one. When first read it, read, when I read that scene, it didn't, yeah. it didn't click. You know, yeah. the emotions and what I'm reading didn't click. Yeah. And because, you know, and then I, but I did cry when Hedwig died. Oh, yeah. Like, Hedley died, was... and I was just bawling. But when I reread the series, uh-huh. and I got to series, and like, it's building up to what I know is going to be serious as death. Yeah. Ugly, fat fucking tears on my books. I'm just like, no! Oh, yeah. <laughs> the closest thing this boy will ever get to a father figure or a parent or family, and he's gone. Yep. 100%. 
one hundred percent. It was oh, devastating. Like I, that was one of those ones that like I went, I, I read it and then I restarted like the whole scene over because I'm like, he didn't just die. Like, like didn't I, just I didn't die. just read that. What did I just read? Yeah, that? like like I misunderstood something. Like he's not dead. Like he didn't just die. And then like you read it again and like, oh my god, he's dead. He's fucking dead. And then like I felt the same way about Fred though because at first I didn't realize he was dead. You know, because like he was hit with the wall and everything, and you just figured like he was knocked down and or out. Let's not let's not dead. talk about Fred, all right? Fred was devastating, and he's still my favorite twin, and I still don't know why he's my favorite over George. I'm so sorry, George. I, really I love am. them both. I love them both. I love Holy George and everything, but why is Fred the favorite? I don't know. There's something about fucking Fred that I'm just so in love with. Like the stupid thing is, is it's not like it's you and me. Like it's not just a weird like us thing. Like. <laughs> The amount of Fred Weasley focused fan fictions versus George Weasley focused fan fictions is significantly different, okay? <laughs> like, I don't know what it is, but for some reason, there's way more like Fred centric focused stuff. So it's not just us. Like, people just focus on, I don't know why. It's not like he has like relatively more scenes or anything like that. No, they're always like, together. They, but it, it's Fred, it's Fred, and I don't know why. Like, Every time I'm like, which one's your favorite Weasley twin? It's always Fred. <laughs> always Fred. Like always. always better together more than anything else. Like, don't get me wrong, but like, why is it Fred? Like that I want people to comment on social media to us. Why is it Fred? <laughs> why is gonna, Fred I'm the best Tumblr, twin? I'm gonna make a Tumblr post about that and be, not Tumblr, Reddit and be like, Can someone please explain why Fred is the more popular twin? And it's just like there's no logical reason he should be, like, but because the, the thing is, do that people, now because people are going to say like it's because he died, so people focus on it. But no, he was the no! most popular twin before he died. Like he, I distinctly remember that he was the more popular twin before he died. He was my favorite twin before he died too. That was one of the reasons it was so devastating. He's like, oh my god, it's Fred. <laughs> just like, I still think it should have been Percy personally who died in that movie, but you know. Then again, Percy, I also... I've seen no redemption in Percy, even though he had his little arc. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, Mm-mm. that's not really an arc. That's just, uh, I don't want to go to jail. <laughs> but uh, I also, th- like, personally, I think when they killed Sirius off, because originally, like, J.K. Rowling was thinking of killing um, uh, Arthur off, I really just think it should have been Arthur rather than um, Harry. Because I think at this point, like, it's a little unrealistic just the fact that every fucking adult in his life is just murdered. You know? Like, it's a little too... Like, his parents are murdered and taken from him. Like, Remus can't be a part of his life either. Like, his other pseudo-uncle, Pe- uh, Peter Pettigrew, is the reason his parents are dead. And now Sirius is gone. And it's just, like... It just seems like a little too heavy-handed on Harry. Right. Like, I think, I think Arthur dying would have made like it more realistic and hit the war hit a little more home for the Weasleys in a way that it like, it's like they were, they're just so relatively unaffected up until the point that like Fred dies. And like, that's a seven books to go through being relatively unaffected. I do. I the, love Arthur Weasley. Like, don't get me wrong, but I do think it should have been him over Sirius. So. You'd have, yeah. I mean, and like, if we're going- I completely understand why she didn't do that. Because it would have drawn too much attention away from Harry. And, like, I understand that. But, like, I think at this point it's just a little overly unrealistic about the fact that it's just, like, does every adult that could possibly at any point stand up for Harry 
just dead. Just like that's that's a little ridiculous. So I don't know. I got no answer other than JK knows also knows how to hit you in the feels. That's fair. Like if it wasn't serious, then it was Fred, and I'm just like, God damn it! Three, two of my three favorite characters are dead by the end of this series. <laughs> That's the way they always are. Like, look, my ships are never canon, and my characters are never happy. <laughs> <So> <laughs> That's just the fucking way it is. I think I can name on one hand across all fandoms the amount of ships that I have that became real. Like that are actually that set sail that are canon that are out there living their best life. Like one hand, okay, and it's not good. It's not good. So and it's, and like really, that's just taking that's stretching it. So I don't know. All right, let's let's continue with our first care of magical creatures. Our lesson. first care of magical creatures class. Isn't this where um, like in the book, is this where Hagrid? breeded his own uh blasted and skewerts like i know that's not the scene that we're about to watch with the uh with buckbeak and all that but didn't isn't that the first lesson like in the book is the blasted and skewerts or is that yes later? yes 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 the first thing was the blasted and skewerts and then seeing um buckbeak was like the treat yeah and then because like he, i remember hagrid was talking about all the different uh like there was like a herd of whatever hippogriffs there was a herd of hippogriffs and like there were different colors and stuff like that too. Tom will forever be Draco Malfoy. And oh, I love yeah. that he loves it. Oh yeah. What's hilarious is like Harry, did you see the state of Harry's tie? Like it is really short with a bunch of like the, the end piece of it. Yeah. Like, hanging down. <laughs> like Harry, like Hermione let you walk out of the dorms like that. Poor Neville. I always feel bad for Neville. Now I have to say, one of the things that drives me nuts is like, because like Draco uh, gets hurt by the hippogriff and everything like that, but he in the like in the movie he's super disrespectful to the bird. Yes, to the to the to Buckbeak, but he's not in the book. Like he does say something rude to it, but he goes through the whole process, I believe, of like bowing to it and everything like that. Yeah. And it's just when he's petting it that he says something insulting to it. I mean, in all honesty, how is he supposed to know that it understood him? You know, when he called it up. I mean, I mean, didn't Hagrid just say that they're very sensitive? Yeah, but like, how would you? And prideful like, creatures. My cat's super prideful, but if I, you know, if I'm over there petting her and I say, you know, I think she's the ugliest thing on the planet, she's not going to understand me. Not that you are, Sam. You're adorable. <laughs> but like. I do feel bad for Draco because, like, it, you know, he didn't do anything wrong. He said something wrong, but he wouldn't have known that it was going to understand him. And let and really, in all honesty, um, why why are you teaching thirteen year olds and introducing thirteen year olds to what is very clearly a predator? <laughs> this is a right? predator animal. Its eyes are both facing forward. This is a prey. <laughs> this is an animal that hunts like Jesus. Yeah, you can go pet him now if you try to like beat me. It's like uh. I'm with Harry. Like no, just no. I, I'm I'm with Hagrid. I'm like, can I pet it now? <laughs> Is it okay? I will say, like Draco just took a bite of an apple. There are fan fictions about Draco and that apple. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
Okay. I've never read them, but I've absolutely come across. Drake. Can you please read it before next week? So you can just <laughs> I can summarize probably... what the fuck that fanfiction is. I can probably find some, yeah. Oh my god. Does he stick his wee wee in it after he bites the hole out of I it? I have like... no idea. I swear <laughs> I don't. Hagrid's like, you can go pet you can go pet him now and then you can go ride him off into the sky. I forgot. It's there's a ship name for him in the apple. It's called Drapple. <laughs> Between Draco, the apple, and Hermione Granger. It's a fucking three-way between the infinite apple. One of the tags. <laughs> oh my god. One of the tags is poison apple, so you know. Are we doing, are we doing a Snow White thing here? Uh yeah, it kinda looks that way. Oh god. A three-way with an apple. Also, even though I'm gonna die petting something I shouldn't, yeah, I'm also smart enough to not go running to he- head first towards an animal, towards a, just a super large predator. I just yeah, not I'm... as stupid as running towards a moose. Yeah, see, I know that much. <laughs> I love that he calls Draco calls his chicken. Buckbeak's like, oh hi. Oh, who is that with Draco? That's... Uh, Pansy. Pansy Parkinson. Does it hurt terribly? I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read some, like, the little description of this fanfiction for you between Draco and the apple. When a certain blonde Slytherin indulges in his deepest, most hidden desires, everything turns juicy. Apple juicy. that into merch no i am turning no. apple juicy into merch no yes no. i am no <laughs> no i'm making a note of that now oh god <laughs> no too late oh this one here this one is about um hermione granger and a banana and draco with an apple it's just it's a it's a fruit salad. Excuse me. My mind went to the most horrid places once you said banana. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. where it went is where the fit goes. Mm. Oh, this 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 description of this fiction, which I'm I'm going to read to you. I'm not going to read the fan fiction. I'm going to read the description. Is Draco describing his apple love? I never thought it would happen to me, but I can't get her out of my head. Her tantalizing aroma, her firm, fresh skin, the taste of her, 
I, Draco Malfoy, and in love. <laughs> in love. <laughs> this is a 6,000 word fanfiction <laughs> about Draco's romance with an apple. With an apple! Oh, oh, and it's in the style of journal entries. Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh. Oh, but I want to read it. But I also don't want to read it. You have to read it, and you have to let us know. Oh god, there's another one. Tell me how his teeth crunched into her tender skin. <laughs> Do you want me to read the summary for this one, too? Yes! <laughs> oh god. <laughs> the second-hand embarrassment is real. Okay, okay. The summary for this other thing. Mouth-watering. He brought it closer to his lips, tongue flicking out towards its luscious surface. His eyes started to close. The very tip of his tongue touched the skin, and he moaned, and the zap of lust wrecking his ability to be quiet. It had faint sweetness. A preview of what was to come. They brought it to his mouth further in contact with it. Think of all he could think of was how lovely it felt. I'm sorry. Or a fucking apple! Et story is a 500 word story about Draco and his apple love. And how it zaps lust into him when he needs to be quiet. <laughs> There's so many. There's a hundred and three of these. I'm telling you, that's a hundred more than there ever needs to be between a boy and his apple with its luscious skin. Good God. Oh, I will say a lot of these fix the author puts in here. I'm just sorry. <laughs> like, I'm so sorry. Don't read this. <laughs> At least they are warning us. I mean, that's fair. Juicy. <laughs> that one, the first fic with the description that I read, <clears throat> and I said it was like journal entries and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, it, at the very beginning, like it has like this little thing that just says the following are excerpts from the diary of one Draco Malfoy patient number, <laughs> and it has like a patient number and have been reviewed by a, like a mind healer. <laughs> so Draco had lost his. Fucking, fucking mind oh and he's God. writing a love letter to an apple uh it seems to be yes yes it seems to be that okay. way okay let's let's continue shall we with a bugger that's gonna be your bugger from now on is a fucking apple Oh my god. Okay, I do have, before we like get it too far into the Bogart scene, I do have things to say about it. First of all, Lupin is here and his bright idea. Now granted, teaching somebody how to defend against a Bogart, that's not a bad idea. Teaching them how to defend against their worst fears, not a bad idea. It is a bad idea, however, to pull a bunch of 13-year-olds, put them in a room full of their peers and their classmates and everything, and then expect them to expose to the world their worst fears because like in all honesty you want their worst fears to be like snakes spiders whatever 
but out of all of the like if you think about all the different types of home lives people have and the different types of home lives that some of these students have and things like that in all honesty like it's just unrealistic to assume that all of them have good home lives and that things are not going on behind the scenes so there's a very realistic chance that some of these kids are going to walk up there and one of their own parents is going to step <clears> out <throat> somebody who abuses them is going to step out like the way like consider how ridiculous religion is against the persecution of just like things today like right. like other religions women you know like gay marriage gay people in general like things like that think about how violently people react to that and then think of like think of um the fantastic beast series and the way like the first movie and the shit that was done to credence because you know like they thought it might have had magical abilities and he had to suppress <laughs> them to the point that it literally destroys him you know and to an mm -hmm. extent but like you can't tell me that in britain of all places one of the most long-standing christian places ever that you don't have a bunch of christian fanatical people living here so what are the odds that some of these muggle-borns don't come from homes that are what if these parents some of these parents <laughs> of these kids like beat the shit out of them for having magic and stuff like that like don't take what could pretend in all honesty it as horrifying as it is some kids home lives are worse than that so like why would you take that potential for something so much worse than spiders and snakes you know and like the dark and stuff like that and have these children expose that in front of everyone they know that's I want to say it, it is horrifying, but amidst all these things that's happening currently in their world and where they're living, staying in Hogwarts with the mm -hmm. Dementors and everything and the escape of a, you know, of a prison inmate, like it's not safe. So it makes sense that at least Lupin mm -hmm. would take into consideration that even though it's going to be horrifying in the beginning, once they master it, They'll be able to take care of themselves. They'll be able to stay away from the Dementors and the Kiss and whatever. Because if, you know, if, if their Boggart is that terrifying. Yeah. And they didn't know how to, you know, to defend themselves against it. They're going to be fucking dead. Yeah. Like that, that Dementor's like coming in for their Kiss and the, that's it. But at least this way, he's giving them a fighting chance. No matter how hard it's going to start out. And like, I can understand wanting to teach them how to defend themselves against that and like to teach them to defend themselves against their worst fears to stand up for themselves to like build past these things. Don't do it in a full classroom. Make these kids stand in the hall because that way on the off chance something comes through there like a parent or an abuser. You know, like some kids are very unfortunate, you know, and had have had terrible things happen to them. You could cause these children to break down, break apart, yeah. PTSD, panic attacks. You could truly destroy one of these children with this thing. And if you feel the need to teach these children to defend against their worst fears, and in all honesty, this is a two-sided thing because you're teaching them how to defend against their worst fears. But as a teacher, you're learning what their worst fears are. And if their worst fears are spiders or clowns, that's wonderful. That's great good but if a person walks through there that's when you should be raising red flags as a teacher as an adult why is this child's worst fear an actual person 
but to do that and like if you want to do that like it, it would be a good evaluation of their home lives in all honesty but i think it would definitely be something to be worried about of doing in front of other people because these kids don't need that you no know? they don't they really and don't you, need you extra do it? fodder to be bullied but yeah but they also like i wouldn't do it i just wouldn't do it i wouldn't be willing to do that i wouldn't that is putting the an an extremely sensitive part of yourself like out there in front of a huge bunch of people and for some of these kids that you know you don't know all that well in some instances like in this image you see um like Gryffindors but like there's a couple of people from other houses that are standing there I don't know you you don't need to know my worst fear, especially because I'm not entirely certain what my worst fear is. As an adult, I can think of some absolutely terrible things that could happen to me. And having one of those walking out the door, especially as a woman, would not be a great thing for me. You know, let alone to have it happen, like have this experience of like being faced with this in front of a group of people. Like there's no amount of the ridiculous <clears throat> spell that's going to make some things funny. Like yeah. some people, like Luna. Luna watched her mom die. There is no ridiculous spell on the planet that makes that funny. You know, there's if some of these kids have been like attacked or abused, there's no spell in the world that makes that funny. You know, and like it's coming from a point of view where Lupin is a person who believes that the worst possible things in life that have, could possibly happen have already happened to him. Mm -hmm. He lost his. He has nothing. He lost his best friends. He lost the people he considers family. One of them was a traitor. To him, those are the worst possible things that could happen. But in all honesty, those are not in the top 10 of the worst things that can happen to a person. You know, like, you didn't lose children. You know, nobody, like, there was no non-consensual acts that happened to you, with the exception of being turned into a werewolf. But, like, He's coming at it from a different approach than it needs to be necessary if you're going to do, to do this. Because if you're going to do this, if you're going to throw a bunch of these children <clears throat> at this Bogart and make their absolute worst nightmares come to life, especially because, like, these kids are 13. So you want to think that their worst fears are clowns, failing grades, and shit like that. But then some of these kids are older, too, and have a better understanding. Like, if he does this with the upper years, have a better understanding of the world. So you can't tell me that those, like, last year Hogwarts students wouldn't have much worse ideas of worse yeah. years than these 13-year-olds are going to. Like, and the odds are, is just some of these students somewhere along the way, considering how many students are in Hogwarts, have had terrible things happen to them. Like, a lot of these pureblood students live in pureblood houses. And as we've that seen... That can't be a happy house. Yeah, like, Sirius's parents alone use the unforgivable curses on him like they you know like they use magic on him and his brother all the time like look at the way bellatrix turned out like yeah, these well. are not happy homes that these kids are coming from if you're gonna do this and you insist on doing this which and i can understand why you might especially as like an evaluation from a teacher standpoint but you need to do it in a closed room with just you and this student yeah. in all honesty because there's a line of what you need to these kids need to expose about themselves because i just i would have walked out the door like i don't i don't know if at 13 i would have walked out the door but i would have walked out the door at 16 at 18 you know because like you have a better understanding yeah of the worst things that can happen to you as a person at that point you know like as 13 you're kind of like a kid just really starting to get a un better understanding of the world 
But as you get older, you get a much better, more horrific understanding of the world. And at 30, I there's no way. There's no at way. At 30, I'd there is no happy ending. Well, there's no there's no way I would stand there. Because, like, for one thing, I can't pinpoint, like, my what my worst fear coming through that door. I can't either. I have no and idea. That would worry I, I have me. too many. Yeah, it'd be because there could be all kinds of things. Like, I don't want to see the dead bodies of all of the people that I love. But at the same time, like, is that a worse fear than the idea of being, like, attacked as a woman? Like, yeah. because what would have to come through that door wouldn't necessarily just be a person. It would be that feeling and that concept of what's happening, you know? So, like, as an adult, No. I would have turned around and I would have walked away. You could fail me. You could expel me like whatever, but I would have gone down swinging because I'd have been like, what the fuck is wrong with this school that this is what you're putting people through because like all of these people, these older people went through a war. Like you should understand the worst thing that the world has to offer. You were in a war and you magical war. No. Yeah. and, And you want to find out what these, what the worst fears of these children are like Neville alone should have been a good reason for you not to do it because his parents were tortured into insanity. Like the worst thing that's going to walk through there is Bellatrix Lestrange, the person who tortured his parents into insanity. Now it's not, it's in this case, Snape. Snape, but that should worry you more because this child fears Severus Snape more than he fears the person who tortured his parents into insanity. And that should tell you something. First of all, it should tell you that Snape is not a qualified teacher. And there's a <laughs> lot of people out there that love Snape and they like Snape. And in a lot of ways, I understand it. I don't like Snape because I think that no matter how, like he, he loved Lily, like whatever. Okay. You loved a girl like 15, 20 years ago. You said racist things to her. She doesn't like you anymore. That's fair and on her. It doesn't mean you have an excuse to be abusive to her son. So Neville's worst fear isn't the woman who tortured his parents. No, it's Snape, his professor, somebody he sees every single fucking day. That should tell you right there there's a red flag. And that should also just kind of be like a precursor of understanding that these kids are the children of people who are in a war. These kids are affected these kids have generational trauma yes these kids have shit tons of trauma like if if neville's not enough of an example if harry's not enough of an example these pure-blood children that come families like Sirius talked about the shit that his mother used to do to his parents use the unforgivable curses on him and regulus like it's not new torturing these students is as these kids in their households is not new you might get different kinds of it from a wizarding family into a muggle family, but in all honesty, both of them are possible torture and trauma for these children. Like Abuse you, is abuse. doesn't matter if it's yeah, magical or not. Exactly. Like, don't take these children and put their worst fears on display. I don't know what my worst fear would be, but I can imagine a whole list of the worst things I can think of, and none of that is something I want walking out of a closet to show a bunch of my peers that this is the things that I think are the worst things possible to happen to me. Because, like, as, as a woman, like, you can imagine the worst things that are going to happen to you or could happen to you. And those could be your worst fears. Those might not even be your worst fears. But imagine something like that walking out of the closet because it's not like it can be a person you recognize. It would just be a, a concept 
of something that could happen to you. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't even know how that would take shape, but I don't want to. But there's no spell in the world that I could cast that would like make the dead bodies of my friends and family and the people I love most funny. Like you cast a ridiculous spell. I'm not going to cast a ridiculous spell on the dead bodies of people I I love and it's going to be funny because there's nothing it could do to make it funny. There's nothing I that could it do to make it funny even if it changed its entire shape because I what have I just witnessed? Or something some other kind of abuse or trauma that could come through there. And I wonder if there's another way to get rid of the bogger besides ridiculous like or they without making it funny because I remember in one of the later books Mm-hmm. It must have been the fifth one when they're at Grimald Place. Yeah, and they're cleaning up the house. There's a bogart. Yeah, they're yeah. cleaning. Yeah, and then Molly goes upstairs to the trunk with the bogart, and the bogart comes out, and it's all of it's her, her family, family dead. Yeah, but I I forgot who it was. Like I think it was Lupin or something that came up and just like put it away. It didn't even say anything. Like I it didn't ma- even change into anything happy or funny. It's just back in its thing. I imagine if you use a force spell. Like one of those ones that Jenny was practicing oh. that exploded things and stuff like that. You could f- force it back into wherever it was going. And like, I think that would be the alternative. Like, if you want to put me in a room and you make me do this, and I would fight you tooth and nail about it. Because for one thing, it's nobody's business, whatever anybody's worst fears are, because that's an intensely personal point for them. But because nobody's worst fear is something trivial, not to them. And even if it's something like spiders or clowns, it's a traumatic fear for that person. So you're traumatizing each and every little kid that's going to walk up to this thing. And you're going to ask them to take the things that make them feel the most unsafe and make it funny. And that's just the most ridiculous thing to ask somebody to do. But there are just some things that could come through that, that you just can't make funny. You couldn't make the the dead bodies of the people you love funny you couldn't make abuse funny like it's not how that works and i think the creation of the bogart and putting it in this classroom setting is done from somebody who understands trauma but not the like who thinks that what they've experienced is the worst things possible like lupin's worst fear is the moon but by all rights in all honesty he should be more afraid of looking at the dead bodies of the people he loves than he is the moon and, he, and he's not and like you know that's him he's dealt with that a lot longer but because the moon to him means you know nightmares monstrosities yeah and like it reminds him of himself and the probably mm-hmm. the thing he fears the most is his, his own life and his own self and but in all honesty what if it wasn't the moon what if the worst thing that came out of that was james and lily's dead bodies you know like can he he can't tell me that lupin would be able to look at that and think that was funny you know and i just don't think that that lupin bringing this bogart into class would be a good idea like he at one point even mentions to harry that he thought what would walk out of there wouldn't be a dementia he thought it would be voldemort like so you put this child who is about to introduce voldemort into a classroom full of people of 13 year old and you think this is a good idea like it's obviously it's not the real voldemort but he doesn't need to be confronted with his mother's murderer either and it's just like let alone anybody else that's in there all of these people have had families that were in one way or another affected by the war don't do this to them don't do this i feel to like children 
I feel like, okay, so he needs to teach them this because, mm-hmm. you know, of the dementors that are now just circling the school. So, so the yeah. kids are prepared. However, and I understand that it's a slightly bigger, cl- like it, it's a big classroom. It's a lot of, you know, the third years from every yeah. single, from every house. Yeah. I would have had like a precursor to this and be like, everyone pick a group, like write down the names of like, five, like four to six people you want in your group to work together you know at certain hours yeah you know or in certain places like you can you know one can be in one room one can be the other but it doesn't matter but like as long as the groups are separated so yeah. you are only working on your shit with people that you are close to or trust to a degree yeah. like That's it would have been hermione neville ron harry um and probably seamus and dean it would probably be like them in one group yeah and, like, all of, the, like, Pavardi and Draco would be them in their own group. You know, and, like, and I can definitely see that. I think, like, that's a really good way to approach it. It would be to approach it from the idea that pick the people you want to know this about you. And because, like, it just shouldn't be something that everybody knows about you. And I think the thing that would bother me most would be not knowing what would come out of it. You know, like, what would walk out of it? Because I don't know. Like, even, like... I've never known like I was ever since I read the book and like you sit there and you wonder like well what could be the worst thing that could come out of it like so many terrible things come to mind but you're not sure like what is your absolute worst fear I think the thing that would bother me most is not knowing what fear I'm about to share with people right and I just don't think I would do it like I don't I just I just don't think I'd want to do it I would I, I honestly I could I would tell them it's like you could fail me for the class you could do whatever you like, whatever you want, but like, you have no right to make me share something about myself. Like, I don't want to relive my trauma alone. Yeah. Where do you think I'm? Why do you think I'm gonna want to relive my trauma in front of a group of people? Yeah, like people, like people don't need to know your mental health business. Like the things that, like people you don't know don't need to know your mental health business people you don't want to know to know your mental health business do not need to know it like if if you have suffered from like an abuse or a trauma or whatever like a group of random ass kids you go to school with are probably the last people on the planet you want to share this with like why would you want to share these things with them like neville doesn't want to share with the world that you know like the trauma of the things that his parents went through or how deeply afraid of a teacher he is. Like, why would anybody want to share that with themselves? And with somebody else? Like, no therapist in the world is going to tell you that this is a good idea. To share your worst fears with a bunch of people that you don't know. This is not a therapy group. Like, no, these this are is people, not a therapy like, group. But I'm and, sure there's a therapist out there that, that highly believes in shock therapy. Yeah, and those are people who live in the deep south and also believe in conversion therapy too and shouldn't be therapists. I'm not talking electric yeah. shock therapy. Just yeah. the shock factor therapy where it's like you are so terrified of doing something that is hindering you in life or whatever for any moment of progress and your psychologist or your therapist whatever will be like, we're putting you in this situation so you can start learning how to handle it when it happens because you won't always be in therapy mm-hmm. or have a therapist near you when this shit arises in your daily life or whatever right we can't yeah. just have you walking around being completely incapacitated so and like to a degree that. i get that 
but not for a setting of children at 13 years old in a classroom with without the consent of their parents and i mean that's nothing new we already know that there is no consent forms why is it that there's no consent forms or letters telling their parents these kids are in danger when there's a basilisk running around petrifying kids but it's adamant that you have a permission slip to go to fucking hogsmeade yeah it's like you have to have a permission slip to go to to walk 20 feet off of campus but to stay in a murder school nah nobody really fucking cares but it'll be fine yeah but it always just bothered me about this movie is this is this specific lesson because anything could have walked out of there like what if one kid's fear is his own death like what is that supposed to make him feel you know like there could be an endless amount of things that that come out of that. And I just think that Lupin's not prepared for the wider range of possibilities. No. I think he's a little too stuck in what he what he's afraid of and what he thinks other people should be afraid of. Like he of what he thinks these 13-year-olds should be afraid of, not with these children who are suffering from generational trauma from a war-torn generation have likely seen her to been through. I mean, I feel like we talked about this earlier, but, like, even though Lupin was one of the better professors they had for, for DAD. Yeah. Even though he was psycho, Barty Kraut Jr. masquerading as Mad-Eye was probably the best at teaching them how to survive. Yeah. And honestly, I think if I had to pick a teacher that was going to teach me how to survive, especially with a war approaching, I would pick Barty Crouch Jr. Because he knows what he's doing. Above all else, he knows what's coming for them and what's going to happen and what's going to happen next and what he would need to teach you to prepare you for. And in all honesty, he goes about it in some of the worst ways possible, but he does teach you. At yeah, the end of the even day, though he, he does, does it in the worst you. way, he does teach you. He doesn't just tell you this is the way and then move on. It's like, no, no, this is why. Yeah. He tells you the why. Yeah. And in like, in all honesty, in sixth year, you're at a more appropriate age to really start learning these things. At 13, these kids are facing a Bogart. That's absolutely unacceptable. But at 16, at they should be learning like, you know, Expelliarmus and, you know, Defendo and stuff like that. Yeah. The basic things. Yeah. Not like here, be confronted with your worst fear in a room full of people, which it would be traumatic just in and of it. It would be it would create a new traumatic experience because then you're putting all of the social pressure of all of this on you in uh, at the same time in tandem with your worst fear. And I just think that would be one of the the worst ways you could do this because you are absolutely scarring each and every one of these children without hesitation. But Barty Crouch Jr. as psychotic as he is, does teach these kids knowing full well that the war is about to start. He shows them what's really there what's coming for them mm-hmm. and he shows them those unforgivable curses and he talks about them in he a may be on way. the bad side but yeah. he has standards because he's just like i'm, I'm gonna teach them mm-hmm. so they like so they can you know just as you know so they're ready for what's coming not because he has a good part in his in his in himself it's more along the facts of like equal standing ground everyone like it, it's cowardly to go after someone who has no idea what they're doing or how and- to defend themselves and in all honesty, like, it's just kind of like a wake-up call, I think, in a way, to these kids. That he's just kind of like, look, you're children, but this is not, this is not school anymore. This is not mm-hmm. fun. This is not, play. this is reality. This is your world. This, yeah. this is our world right now. And, you know, like, I think at, every, at 
everyone at some point needs that one person to tell you like to you this is the what's really happening this is the real world and to, to especially when you're mm-hmm. about to enter into a war do i think he did it for good reasons or the right reasons no do i think he did it because he probably just in some twisted way enjoyed it yeah, yeah. but at the same time like even if he was a terrible person and even if he went about it in the, in the worst way possible what they got out of it was more than they could have asked for from a regular lesson because they got an understanding of what they were like maybe not so much the other kids but harry ron and hermione and like the other people who joined like the fight in the order of the phoenix and all and in all honesty a lot of those kids because those kids are gonna have all of the ones that weren't like uh muggleborns and stuff like that or the trio we're gonna have to stay at the school and we're gonna spend a year with the caros and getting tortured and all of this other stuff they in all honesty barty crouch jr prepared these kids for living in a school of somebody who's going to with people who are going to actively torture you and you have at least this way they had an understanding of what they were going to get you know what was going what is coming for them in their own school the next year yep. you know like it's not good and it's not great but it was a survival tactic at the very least now with lupin i think it's unrealistic because for one thing the odds of you encountering a bogart are slim and ridiculous is just not a great spell for that but it's teaching you to try to laugh at the worst things possible when instead you need to learn how to defeat and overcome and stand up to the worst things possible not diminish the the things that make you afraid but to acknowledge them is what you need to do and then move above them and beyond them and, and stand up to them but i think casting a ridiculous spell at the things that make you most afraid in life is just a way to belittle the things that make you afraid. Yeah. Can't argue that. In all honesty, it's just a whole fucked up series. <laughs> like, it's just all fucked from start to finish. Like, there you go. This is just fucked up point in book three. So, Among many. Shall we move on with the uh, the ridiculousness? wasn't prepared to get quite so deep with it the way we did but hey <laughs> at least you can tell this is the same classroom that Gilderoy used because that balcony is still behind mm-hmm. i love the balcony i'd love to have an office with a balcony like that and you notice because the slytherins are there we saw a couple hufflepuffs like there's the gryffindors this is a whole like group activity thing i definitely yeah this is all the third years yeah and i definitely See, there's the Ravenclaws. Mm-hmm. I definitely, under no circumstances, as a Slytherin, would go up there. Like, no, <laughs> no. Like, you don't need. Not. I don't. You don't need fodder against me. And why is it that they pick the most pathetic, or it's not, it's not even pathetic, the shyest character? The person, like they picked Neville. The person with the most anxiety is the person you want to throw fear in the face of. Like. Pick a cocky student. Pick one who's, you know, thinks they're the greatest thing on the planet, you know? Pick Draco. But, Let's see how he handles it, Mr. Big Man. I wouldn't pick Draco just because I'm probably pretty sure his his dad does terrible things to him behind closed doors. So. That is fair. That is fair. Like, it probably much goes down the same line of the, the thing Sirius experienced in his own house. But, That's like, fair. Neville can just name his worst fear. Like, I can't name my ultimate worst fear. Yeah, I, I can't either. 
And I think the younger you are, the more easily you'd be able to name your worst fear. And I think you probably gain more fears as you get older and that are less like individual based of like snakes and like, you know, Snape and more like concepts and things like that. I don't know what I picture, what I fear the very most. Now, Professor? if I could picture something, like pick something like, and I would just pick like spiders or roaches or something and that would appear, that would be fine. But I wouldn't be able to guarantee that that's what would show up in front of me because it wouldn't be my worst. It would be a fear, but not worst fears. Yeah. Also, I wouldn't be certain enough I could pinpoint focus on that enough to get it to do that. You know, like to show up with a spider or, right? or a roach or something rather than like some concept. I love how Pavardi's just a giant snake. A cobra. Yeah. That now, clown now, she makes appear is a fear. Right? I was just about I was about to say, like, imagine someone in that classroom was terrified of clowns and now it's there's a giant, like, jack-in-the-box yeah. clown bouncing at them. And everyone's now realizing that maybe Harry was a bad idea for this. <laughs> I do love, however, that after Lupin stops it and tells Harry, you know, why he stopped it, he's like, because I thought it was going to be Lord Voldemort. Yeah. But it's like, you jumped in front of his boggart after it turned into a Dementor. You waited and watched because that clown went back and forth quite a few times before you did shit. It's like, admit it, you wanted to know what his worst fear was going to be. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't Voldemort because he has no concept of Voldemort other than it's the person that murdered his parents. Yeah. Whereas and with like- Dementors, he has direct memories, direct action, conflict with these creatures. And why is it that Voldemort would be his worst fear considering the fact that he's defeated him now three times as a baby. <laughs> right? And in first and second year. Inappropriate my ass, McGonagall. Just sign the damn thing. Technically, Dumbledore could sign it because of the fact that, like, it's a private school. And, like, he resumes all responsibility for these students once they set foot on campus. Making him their temporary guardian as long as they're housed within the school. <laughs> And I really just think, like, they should make an exception for Harry, considering they know what his parents are like. Yeah, you know James Potter was just always getting into trouble, so do you really think that Harry wouldn't be the same? And there's no way it was kept a secret, all the shit that happened at his house. Like, come on. I read um, a theory once, because Harry hears a woman screaming Mm -hmm. when the Dementor attacks him, right? right? But I was reading a theory once that what is happening when the Dementors attack him is, and they're attacking him because of the Horcrux piece right. of Voldemort's soul. And they can sense the fact that there's something wrong with the soul, you know, like the soul, because there's a, a soul and then there's a soul piece, a fragment right. attached to it. And that the screaming that he hears is his mom, but the Dementors technically attacking the, the, the Horcrux uh, part, the Horcrux fragment and that instead of being Harry's memory from a, uh, from very, very young of his mother dying. It's the Horcrux screaming. It's Voldemort's last memory of his own death as, like, you know, when he uh, hits Lily with the spell. And I, like, I think that makes a lot more sense to me in some ways because I don't foresee, like, really um, Harry remembering her scream. But I can definitely see Voldemort remembering her scream because it's the moment right before the thing he fears the most, and that's his own death. I could get behind that. The yeah. only the only thing that would make me question that is 
Have you seen Dexter? Some of them. The show? Like, the... So... Yeah. He's the... He works with the police. He's the blood swatter guy. Yeah. yeah. He was found, you know, in a shipping container covered in, you know, just in a pool of his mom's blood after mm-hmm. witnessing his mom being bludgeoned, murdered, whatever, right? And he's a year, a year and a half. Yeah. Kind of like, and those things always haunt him, even though he's not aware of, like, what it is that's actually haunting him. But, like, he just knows he's drawn to yeah. this butchery. But I'm like... He he couldn't. There's no way he was a year and year and a half old. I I'm not that good with psychology and how brains work, but I feel like that would be too young. Yeah. To rem to remember all that or to feel all that. So I feel like this theory that it's actually the fragment or Voldemort screaming at the Dementor would make more sense because I feel like he'd be too young to remember his mom screaming. Yeah. I feel like it makes a lot of sense. Like, I don't know enough about, like, the psychology of it to know if somebody would remember that young. Like, they might if it's if it's something terrible enough. And, like, depending on their age, maybe. But I honestly, I have no idea. But, uh, I, also, I like... Why is, hmm? Sorry, continue. I like the idea that it's Voldemort just because it, it's an interesting hint at the Horcrux in him at a very early point in the series. What were you going to say? Want- I said, I want to know why Dumbledore's nails are so gross. I was literally just thinking that. Like, his like, nail. Are- like, there, there's no ring on his finger. It's a black in his hand. Like, what, what's going on? Do we not know how to manicure? They're so I'm sure there's a spell for that. Thick. They're so thick, too. It's just like, good God, my dude. That's fungus. <sighs> how, okay. Seriously? Question. He's in the castle. I know how to get into the the Gryffindor common room. It's the fucking fat lady and you need to give mm-hmm. her the password. Yeah. I know that for Ravenclaw, you have to answer a riddle. Mm-hmm. How do you get into Hufflepuff and how do you get into Slytherin? Hufflepuff... Um, I, Slytherin is a stone wall. I know that. That's supposed to look no different than all of the other ones. You just know it's a certain distance past, like, I believe, a tapestry. And then it's it's there. I'm not entirely sure what the process of getting into it is. I just know it's a stone wall. Um, okay. Hufflepuff. Like, I know I it's like- near the kitchens. I know that much. Yeah. Also, I love this scene in the Great Hall where all the kids are camping out. And I, I want to say, like, there's no fucking way this is every single student at Hogwarts. There's no way they could fit all of them in the fucking Great Hall. Fair. Um, but <laughs> it's but go ahead. But the part where they they you know they're stepping in front of like behind Harry and talking right. Mm-hmm. That I think it was Snape, like uh, Alan Rickman put like a whoopee cushion or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> behind Dan, so it just keeps setting it off. And- uh-huh. That was hilarious. <laughs> and Dan's like, "What's happening?" Okay, so according to the wonderful world of Google, in order to reveal the entrance of the Hufflepuff common room, no password is required. Instead, one must tap the barrel two from the bottom, middle of the second row, to the rhythm of Helga Hufflepuff, which would make the lid swing open, exposing a passageway that would lead to the basement when crawled through. Why do they make these poor students crawl? See, I think out of all the ones that I know about on how to get into the common room, I would mm. want to be in the Hufflepuff one because the fat lady, is f- she's fickle as fuck. Yeah. 
I don't have the patience to solve a riddle when I'm stressed. That's fair. At all. I don't know how to get into Slytherin, but like, how the fuck? I just gotta fucking tap something to a rhythm that I'm gonna memorize in the first like two weeks of being there. Come on. Yeah, no shit. Because it would really just be like a, a one, two, one, two, three kind of a tap, yeah. too. So the uh, Google says that for the Slytherin common room, there's a door on the right side of the entrance hall. If coming down the marble staircase facing the front doors of the castle, that is most frequently used by Slytherin students to get to their common room. Behind the door was a set of stone steps that descended into the dungeons. That that doesn't make any sense. Why would they just... There's just a standard door? Everybody else's is hidden. Why would Slytherin's just be a door? There's gotta be something behind it. Something extra. Because I, I had read somewhere that it was just a wall. Like, there was just, like, a wall and then a certain distance past, like, a, a tapestry. You knew that that's what was there. Considering how paranoid Salazar Slytherin was, there's no way the entrance to his common room is just a fucking door. Salazar would not leave it as just a simple door. As a door, door. no. no like, now, no paranoia of it just being an absolute blank wall with no markings on it, Yeah. Harry's like, it's it's Quidditch. I don't have time to write a two-scroll paper. And Snape's just like, like it's a, I don't it's care. It's a two-foot essay. That's like two pages. That's not even that's, that that's, long. That's nothing. That's nothing. I'm not asking you. He's not asking you to list sources or like, you know, write your, uh, your, uh, what's it called? Yeah. Like writing a bibliography. Your bibliography, or like, right? Like, what notes or anything. Just write about it for. Right. My worst thing would be just trying to get people to read my handwriting in <laughs> quill ink. Like, I Again, would invest I'm in sure, one of those quills that writes for you. I'm sure there's, I was going to say, I'm sure there's a, a spell or a type there of would quill have you to can be. get that will just dictate whatever you write. There would definitely have because to be. Because Rita my handwriting Skeeter has, a, has her enchanted uh, quill that yeah. basically tells a story every time she opens her yeah. mouth. And, like, I wouldn't even need that. I would just need one that, like, I could just, like, say stuff to and it would write it. And then, like, you could just use, like, the scour- Scourgeify spell, the cleaning spell, to, like, remove the ink of, like, if you didn't like the way the sentence was. You yeah. know, and then just, like, replace it with the next sentence and all that. Because, um, God, writing essays on plain paper would kill me. Kids are be- being fucking electrocuted. Technically, that would have been... Cedric Diggory. Like, they're at the Quidditch match, and it's in the rain and everything like that, and there's a bunch of, and, uh, like, it's and a it storm, and it's Hufflepuff versus Gryffindor, and it's Harry with the Hufflepuff Seeker, but that Cedric Diggory is their Seeker. So, technically, that was Cedric Diggory. <laughs> and I love Harry. Stupid, stupid little Harry, who, I really hope those goggles he's wearing are prescription goggles, by the way. Because he's not wearing his glasses. But also, like, you're up there literally watching your broom freeze to death, knowing there are Dementors out there. And that when they landed on your train, that they froze the glass on the train. So why would you not assume that's what was happening now? All And also the fact that... Also the fact that it is Harry Potter. Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Trouble is attracted to this man like a moth to a flame. Yep. You know the Dementors are going to find some way to get them, or something is going to happen to Harry. It's like, so why are you putting him in this situation that is guaranteed to get him into some kind of trouble? Yep. He is free-falling from the fucking sky. Like, come on. Yes, he is. 
He does Dumbledore doesn't even use a fucking wand. He just sticks his hand nah, out there yeah, and is like, just... nope. <laughs> so I did ask Reddit uh why Fred is the more popular twin, and someone wrote that uh maybe it's the fact that, you know, he's the flirtier twin or like he's always mentioned more. Like it's yeah. always Fred and George, not George and Fred. Yeah. I'm like, okay, and then I don't maybe there's a like, do you have any recollection of J like JK saying anything about why Fred is more popular than George? Like I'm not ca- I'm I'm discounting anyone that says because he's fucking dead. Like that's that's not yeah. an answer I'm looking for. <laughs> yeah, I get that. Like I don't know. I don't like. I don't really remember him being flirtier in the books than George. But then again considering the significant amounts of fan fiction i've read it's hard to distinguish the two in certain levels <laughs> so. like someone someone commented saying that you know we see fred you know flirt and ask someone out to the dance and i'm just like yes and? but doesn't george turn around and immediately do the same thing yeah he he turns around because they both go with dates so yeah like fred like or one of them asks like angelina johnson at like one in the common room and one asked them at you know asked their date at like dinner uh, their right? table yeah yeah so it's like neither of the boys yeah neither of the boys are less flirtatious than the other yeah and I'm just like I don't I don't understand why Fred is the more popular one I, I don't either I really don't it's bizarre how much you want to bet that this little island in their lake is like the home of the giant squid that lives there just the very tippy top maybe. I still like the theory that the giant squid is uh, Godric Gryffindor. Well, yeah. I just imagine that's Godric in his giant squid form and he's made a home under that little mountain, that yeah. little island. Why not? I'd still like to know if that, uh, if the lake is salt because that's where like giant squids live in the fucking ocean, not uh-huh. in the lake. I want to say it yes. It might be, yeah, because it's got water. Yeah, salt yeah, that's, salt a, water. that's a good point. I love how Harry is just walking through snow, leaving footprints while wearing his invisibility cloak. Like and Fred and George are just waiting there. It's like, yeah, we see you. Yeah, it's just like, it doesn't take a fucking Einstein to see the magically appearing footprints, Harry. You ever see the interview where somebody asked them if they were really twins or if they met during the audition process? What the fuck? Yeah. That was pretty much what they said. Like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, no. Duh. I would like to know how Fred and George came up with the idea of saying, I solemnly swear I am up to no good. Right? I I was reading that somewhere where it's like, how did these two knuckleheads decide to grab, like, what what was going through their heads when they grabbed this off Filch's desk? Yeah. Like, among all the other shit that's there, they just grabbed this parchment, and then they somehow figured out the combination of words. Yeah. They must have had a, like, full-on conversation, because, like, when you pick up the paper and you try to open it without the password, like the prongs and padfoot and everybody talk back to you. Yeah, like, they insult they, you. Yeah, so they must have actually gotten to the point of having like a conversation, even to a limited degree, of it and have because I imagine the Marauders kind of set up like this idea: if somebody finds it who is interested in using it for mischief, they can, you know, and like would be able to get hints from them. You know, like their their full like their spirit or whatever the hell is put into this map that lets it talk back, and that was what you know, like and it gives you hints and stuff like that. And they probably spend a lot of time guessing before it like unleashes itself. And only the twins would be able to figure it out because oh yeah, 
Only the twins would have the dedication to mischief long enough to sit there with that kind of diligence and figure it out. Yeah. I do, however, one of my gripes with Hermione was how adamant she was that, that Harry turned in this piece of paper. It's like, why? Early state, like early book Hermione is very annoying in a lot of ways because she like, she does a lot of things that are just like, really, girl, come on, loosen up a little. And it's just like kills all fun and joy out there as is humanly possible. Like turning in absolutely like the potions textbook. And then, you know, this, because uh, the thing that pisses me off about wanting to turn in the potions textbook is the fact that like up until the point that he uses a spell out of it, there wasn't anything wrong with it. No. It was just using notes that another student had made, using the diligence of another student. And then like wanting to turn in the, uh, uh, the map. And it's just like, why would you do that? Why would you do that? Like, it's don't like, just take all of the fun and joy out of everything. Yeah, it's like, you know, you know, someone gifted Harry, you know, the the cloak of invisibility and yeah. Hermione saying, tell Dumbledore about it. It's like, Dumbledore's the one he fucking got it from. Like, Jesus. Like, in, in you know, and for one thing, the invisibility cloak specifically was Harry's dad's first. So, oh, yeah. But, and you know, Dumbledore just had it. Which I still think is bullshit. But yeah. I'm just like, why are you like telling a boy know. who's who's being denied a lot of fun? Yeah, to not find ways around it. Like, come yeah. on. I would like to know how does Harry manage to torment like Draco and like Crabbe and Goyle as much as he does without revealing himself? Like, he grabs like one of them by the scarf and you know, like helps pull them and swing them around. How did you grab them without your hands showing through the cloak? Like, because that cloak isn't so long that, like, if I stick my arms directly out in front of me, that, like, my feet aren't going to show. That's true, because in, in the books, he talks about, like, it is mentioned how, like, as the years go by yeah. and as they get taller and bigger, they have to start, like, crouching when it's, like, the three of them mm -hmm. underneath. Because if they don't, like, you're going to see their feet. It's not that tall, yeah. Yeah, and it's just like, come on. <laughs> like, that's kind of weird. I love how Madame Rose Murda goes after uh, Fudge with a fucking hammer. And don't you just love how Harry, as he's walking into the leaky cauldron, and he learns a bunch of shit about his family and about Sirius and how Sirius was his godfather and everything. Like, he finds out shit about his family in the worst ways possible. He has and to find out, like, he ends up finding out all this information about his own goddamn family through word of mouth by sneaking around because uh -huh. no one tells this boy shit. No one prepares him for anything. They don't. They don't prepare him for anything. But something that pisses me off is the fact that, like, he never asks. That like, too. Harry doesn't ask about his family. He just fucking finds some shit. Also, why is McGonagall, a bartender, and the Minister of Magic having a gossip session in a tavern room? Like, are these, like, little gossip pen pals? Like, what the fuck? That, that's a good question. Like, that is such a weird combination. A tavern keeper, a teacher, and the Minister of Magic are all having a conversation. <laughs> also, Harry that. really needs to learn to control his breathing, because every time he's under this cloak of invisibility people stare right where he is he must be over there going <laughs> <laughs> it's like jesus harry because fudge stops mid you know mid pour with his drink uh -huh. going the fuck did i just hear snape's done it before too like in the previous snape's movie. even reached his hand down and be like something's there yeah okay i have a gripe with how smart mm -hmm. mcgonagall is and how close she is with dumbledore 
Yeah. How did she not figure out that Sirius was never a bad guy? No shit. She knew him for all seven years he was in school. Like, come on. And he was How does she not put two Phoenix. and two together? Like, and he was a member of the Order She's too Phoenix smart too. to like, fall for that, for that stupid bullshit story they came up with. Yeah. And it's just like, come She teaches on. transfiguration. And she, yeah. and she herself is an animagus. Like, did you not realize that there's something weird that, like, a generation, like, seven generations of this family have the same fucking rat? Yeah. That too. And, like, uh, Ron uses peter in like his transfiguration stuff of trying to transform him into things and it's not working like something should tick in your head that hey that's weird but when he uses another animal that's fine like he does well with the other animals like what the fuck and why is it when you hit peter Pettigrew? like say because there are times when like he uh ron has turned him like into a teacup and stuff like that that was yeah. one of their lessons and he gets stuck halfway why is it that when they do the reverse spell to undo the transfiguration, he doesn't just pop back into being a full person? Right. Why does it only reduce the, like, undo one transfiguration spell and not all of it? And he just turns back into fucking Peter Pettigrew right there in front of Ronald Weasley. Like, that should definitely have been what happens. Not, uh, like, it's just fine and just goes completely over their head. But also, McGonagall should definitely have known that the Marauders were Animaguses because... Like it's a mini, it's a multi month long process. At one point, you have to spend an entire month with a mandrake leaf in your mouth. Like that's one of the steps of becoming an animagus. You can't hide that. You can't hide. You just keep it a fucking leaf in your mouth. Like a what are you supposed straight. to do if you talk? You're like, oh my god, <laughs> I got a leaf in your mouth. Or you like you use like a sticking charm to like temporarily stick it to the side of your mouth or whatever. Like somebody's gonna notice that. And definitely somebody who's had to do it before is probably going to notice that. And all, not to mention all the other fucking steps you have to go through to become an animagus. Like, no, McGonagall should have put her shit together. But then again, as brilliant as McGonagall is, she clearly lacks some of the common sense that all wizards do. <sighs> as much as that pains me to admit. Prob we've done a lot of bullshit talking. <laughs> There's a lot of Apple side tracking. <laughs> and there was... Like, there was a, a lot of, like, Bogart talk, and then there was just a bunch of bullshit talk in the beginning, so. A lot of drapple. Oh, I sincerely, from the bottom of my heart, regret mentioning that. <laughs> I sincerely regret the word Draco Malfoy and Apple just coming out of my face. I know far too many deep dark secrets about this fandom to just be throwing them out there and I should have left it alone <laughs> but you don't need fan fiction too so I enjoy like presenting you with some of the weirdness of the deep dark I enjoy the, the weird of our fandom. I enjoy but the weird and I so enjoy I, this stupid apple that I have made I should have let Drapple die but also I will tell you that uh, Tom Felton is aware of Drapple I'm sure Tom is aware of every single Draco fanfic, Draco mention, whatever that is mm. out there. Yeah, fans told him at like some kind of meet and greet thing, and because uh, that's where he usually learns all the weird stuff. Because that's where he learned about um, the very Potter musicals and all that too. So, because <laughs> he was like, because they asked him if he liked the person who played uh, the portrayal of Draco Malfoy in the very Potter musicals. He's like, well, I haven't seen them. And I was like, I didn't know there were any, but I'm sure that he does a really good job. And they're like, she. And he's like, she? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, okay. <laughs> she? 
so which we should definitely watch yes i do want to watch a a mary potter musical oh my god well i fucking love a mary potter musical you'll love it i think erin needs to be in on that one yeah if you guys haven't seen it see because i'm gonna watch a bunch of movies with you guys that you guys have seen and i haven't so we'll watch the mary potter musicals because i've seen them and you guys haven't seen them yes so yes so it's a good trade-off so but uh yeah that'll that'll be that'll be really good so um why don't we pause it here as harry looks like he's trying to make out with the dementor um in remus's well it's not his classroom i honestly don't know it's a room full of globes in honesty i can assume it's part of the astronomy tower i will say i have a feeling i have a feeling they just picked an empty classroom it's the coolest looking classroom i think i've ever seen but also it's covered in candles that uh like the wax is made to look like spines like human spines and that's just fucking cool yeah that's really really just fucking cool so um but yeah so i think we'll cut it here guys um it's been a ride. There's been Bogart lectures. There's been unfortunate. It's been Apple a incidents. lot of uh, deep connections on this one. Yeah, there's uh, like calling Harry an idiot again, again. That's nothing new. That that's gonna happen. It's not the whole damn thing. But like, and also, please, please reach out to us on social media, on our website, whatever, and explain to us why Fred is the more popular twin. I've already asked Reddit, and I'm not, you know, I'm, I've, I've gotten some answers, but I want, I want fan answers. I want people, like, get, really dig into this theory as to why the fuck Fred is more popular than George. And he is. And for the love of all things magical, I can't even begin to tell you why. So reach out to us. Tell us why you think that uh, Fred is the more popular twin. Or if, in your opinion, George is the more popular twin. Why you like one over the other if you have a favorite one way or the other and um next time we will try to do more trivia because i think we honestly did more trivia than we, yeah, we did not do, yeah. before we, we watched the movie we didn't um, do a lot. yeah so we'll uh we'll try to do more for the for the next half um but yeah so uh hit us up tell us your fred george theories and and quite frankly if you know of any other really weird deep dark secrets of the harry potter fandom like drapple because draco malfoy shipped with an apple is a fucking nightmare (laughs) it's become my night that's my new bogart is draco malfoy walking out of that closet holding an apple (laughs) that's my new bogart oh my god oh god yeah yeah well i know what my bogart is now so cool uh, <laughs> as is fuel for fodder for me so I can just keep making drapple stuff mm-hmm. you're gonna I'm, one of us is gonna make a shirt and it's gonna be like like an apple and it's just gonna say my bogart is Draco Malfoy and an apple <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm changing this to I'm doing mm-hmm. that right now mm-hmm. oh god okay um, <laughs> on that note I'm I don't even know if therapy can fix this. Jesus <laughs> no. Christ. No, we're fucked. I need an obliviate spell, please. Jesus. Okay. Um, thank you for suffering with me as uh as I have introduced Ani to one of the worst parts of our fandom. Um 
truly one of the bowels of our fandom. Uh, but hit us up with any other rare, weird, or just unfortunate aspects of our fandom besides, you know, the, the littler stuff, not the, you know, the bigger stuff like J.K. Rowling's entire opinions on everything. But hit us up with more Drapple-level bullshit and about Fred and George. So uh, thank you for joining us on this ride, and we will come back to prison next week. <laughs> We're coming back to prison, Yeah. We got two lifetime sentences, guys. We gotta come back. <laughs> we gotta figure out how Barney Crowley Jr. <laughs> pulled it off. Yeah, no shit, right? <sighs> you know, the funny thing is, this being an unregistered animagus is a sentence in, to Azkaban, I think, for like 10 years or something like that. But if you never actually tell them what your animal is, you can just use it to escape. Well, there you go. Like, if you're... you're Animagus is supposed to be what your Patronus is, which in my case would be a Robin, which means I could just fly out the fucking window. <laughs> Mine is a white ferret. See, you could slip right through the bars. No, I issues. just slip right through. Oh, oh god, what did you say? You know the worst part, the absolute <laughs> worst part, is that thing that I was reading, and it like it the sentence ended in juicy, and then uh-huh. I said the words apple juicy. That was me. That was my own original statement. That wasn't written on the fic. I just when I was reading it, my thoughts went juicy. They really just missed the opportunity to say apple juicy, and I made the very poor life decision to say that out loud. Uh huh. So I'm making a duplicate so I can have that. Just both. I can have my boggart is and apple juicy. Oh God. Well. Uh, come back next week just just to listen to me suffer, guys. <laughs> just to listen to me fucking suffer. <laughs> uh, we should be releasing a trailer pretty soon if we haven't released it already, so get interested in that. Um, after we're done with the Prisoner of Azkaban, we're going to be hitting up some 90s trivia, and um, we're going to find out... Hopefully we do much better with the 90s than we do with the 80s. Honestly, I, I sincerely hope so. We're going to find out how little I know about actual 90s actors and movies. But it should be better than the, than the 80s, because at least Ani and I were alive. So. so, anyway, thank you guys, and see you next time. Bye-bye. Tune in next week for more fuckery, because we have some serious questions and concerns. <laughs>